1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. this is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more, trying to get you to retirement. This week's shows are a little bit off kilter, because I'm a little bit off kilter. Spouse turned positive on COVID during a very busy last week of the year for the kids' school. I'm pulling some crazy double duty right now. Commentary is not as great as it always is. But I promise, A, to return to a higher standard, and B, let's try to find something fun in this if we can. Jobless claims rose today to the highest point since February. We are getting what we want, uh, peak employment and peak inflation. And companies like Target coming out and saying they've got too much inventory means they're going to slash prices. Slashing prices probably means less inflation. We've seen demand destruction. Gasoline prices are so high, people are going, wait, wait, What? It's going to cost that much to go on vacation. I think we're going to stay a little closer at home. It should also be a positive long-term boom for electric vehicles. I can't imagine anyone right now is happy filling out their tank of gasoline versus their charge of electricity. I charged yesterday on a particularly sunshiny kind of day, and I got about 200 miles free from the sunshine. Now, keep in mind, my solar system did cost money to install, which some of it I would like back right now to put in the market. But it's kind of like the lower part of my fruit that's growing uh, free energy for the summer months to make driving a little less painful. With the number of Americans filing for first-time unemployment benefits rose more than expected. First-time unemployment claims are important to look at. We need to see some job cuts. 2022 is probably the first big correction, first bear market for a lot of investors. It's been 10 years. Maybe 2008. Yeah, about 10 years, right? The bear market that we had in 2020 doesn't count because it lasted for two weeks. So this is the first big bear market that we've had that we have to say things like, for this to qualify as done, we have to fire people. We have to see inflation come down. And when you fire people, they go to the unemployment line. And after two weeks, their spouse goes, You need to go get a job. And people start filling job openings. But that's secondary. The job cuts are coming. Unemployment rates should rise. This should be a period of time that lasts six to 18 months, of which we are already six months in. Again, it can go a little longer, historically speaking, but we're also getting better at kind of micromanaging these. With that said, Russia and Ukraine, How long is that going to go? COVID in China. How long is that going to go? There's some things that you just can't answer, nor should you try. Wow. What do we have to do today as far as hitting the top stories go? Yesterday was a pretty positive day, pretty positive day, pretty positive day. And then it turned negative. It felt dull. It felt unexciting. It didn't feel like the market was going to go down a thousand points. It felt directionless. It was in a trading range. ExxonMobil notched its first record close 2014. You have to go back to 2014 when oil prices were at 150 a barrel to see Exxon at a stock high this high. The only reason I would own an Exxon is income and downside protection in a market that's worried about inflation. If I need an income and downside protection, I would absolutely own ExxonMobil. Wow, did you see some of the testimony in front of Congress, whether it be Matthew McConaughey or an 11-year-old survivor describing her horrifying experience and testimony to Congress? House passed a gun reform that has stands no chance of getting through the Senate. Moving the gun age of ownership from 18 to 21. Um, that seems like common sense. If you had Congress go back in and interview a Rob Black at 18 versus Rob Black at 21, there's a material jump in intelligence or understanding. And I'm good with that. Just like I'm good with the drinking age being 21. At 18, I didn't like it, but at 21, I understood it. I'm not getting into the new golf invitational series. It's big news on how Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson are going for the money, and they're going basically to support Saudi Arabia, which has a horrible human rights record. The way they treat women and journalists, horrible. But they have a lot of money. And they're starting their own golf league to show the world, hey, we've arrived. We can do more than just oil. It's a big story. It, I, I think it does have some merit to you to like grasp and play with. I'm going to let you figure that out. I've got a friend who started working for a hedge fund, and she didn't realize the details in the job were that she doesn't get paid till the hedge fund gets funded. So she has to go find the investors, and the hedge fund gets funded. She gets paid. I'm like, send me your resume. I could shop that baby around. There is something to be said about the quality of work that you put in and where you want to work and life happiness. Um, I'm not going to judge someone for taking the money and supporting uh, a nation that's done horrible things because the United States has done horrible things. Our track record's not the best with uh, how we've treated women and people of color. Do I understand why golfers are going for it? I do. Um, if I had a, a and again, it, it's such a talent to be able to hit that teeny tiny little bowl ball, three hundred yards, and then into a teeny tiny little hole. If it were me, I'd make the the holes way bigger. Here's how inflation's working in a funny way. Gatorade. If you go into a Seven Eleven, you're like, "Ooh, I need some Gatorade." I need 32 ounces because 16 ounces isn't enough. 32 ounces is just right. 64 ounces is too much. It's a bladder buster. Gatorade went from 32 ounce bottles down to 28 ounce bottles. So it's the same price. You're just getting, you do the math, 12% less. Okay. Kleenex shrunk the amount of tissues in a small box from 65 to 60. Same price for the box of Kleenex. You just get fewer items inside of it. Folgers downsized, it's 51 ounce to 43 ounce containers. So sometimes in the world of inflation, you may not see how it's affecting you. If you don't how how much is inside the box. But I remember like a bull a box of cereal. He used to last me as a kid, five to seven days. And now it seems like my kids can go through a box of cereal in two to three days. It's because it's a smaller box, same price, essentially. Just throwing it down there for you. Um, I heard a senator yesterday say something that is actually kind of funny. If it wasn't, he goes, Senator from Louisiana says, in my state, the price of gas is so high, it would be cheaper to buy cocaine and just run everywhere. I'm not sure I want that guy running my my state. I'm just throwing that down there. What else do we need to throw down there? Taking a look at the markets, we'll get a little closer look on what's happening today. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is dragging its economy back. 15 years. United States, we're being dragged back about a year. It's not horrific at this point. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
0: A straightforward approach to
1: managing your money. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some economists that I follow are saying if oil holds 140, we're going to go into recession. Worthy of note, as we're playing around the 100 to 110 to 120 level. Oil prices are above $120 this week. They've shot higher. The cartel known as OPEC, who supplies the world with oil, saying there's nothing they can do about it. With all the barrels of oil coming off the market due to Russia, OPEC is struggling to increase production. Don't know. I really believe that. But that's just because I'm cynical. It is what it is, is the reality. Elon Musk's Twitter bid has attracted a ton of big-name backers, including a Dubai-based investment firm that has links to Russian-Israeli billionaire Yuri Milner. You know, when we look at the golfers who are jumping from the PGA to a Saudi-backed golf tournament, we pass a lot of judgment. And yet, when we look at who's investing in Twitter and who's not, we don't pass a lot of judgment, and Twitter is probably more important to free speech than golf. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's worthy of throwing out there. Remember that horrible, awful, nasty, unbelievably embarrassing stock named GameStop. Um, it's starting to get shorted again. GameStop is was a meme stock that during the financial crisis, a lot of us had to stay home. Not the financial crisis, excuse me, the pandemic. A lot of us stayed home. And a lot of new investors came in the stock market because they were trying to figure out what the heck to do with their day if they're not putting on business clothes, going to work, getting a coffee, hanging out with buddies after work, coming home, going to sleep, doing it again. So we were going to work on Zoom and then we were like, okay, well, the day is kind of over after six hours of online work. What do we do now? And a lot of people turn to investing for the first time. I'm okay with that. Unfortunately, for most people who invested during the pandemic, it turned out to be an expensive lesson in uh, either taxes that you have to pay in short-term gains, or if you don't invest in a good company for the next 12 to 18 months, it might not work out for you. GameStop represents all of the bad that happened during the pandemic. Because two years, was it Christmas 2019, roughly? is when we all got our PlayStation 5s and Sony Xboxes. And what we learned was there's online stores that we just download straight from Microsoft or Sony and get our games that way. You don't actually have to physically go to a store. And Amazon, if you need a new joystick, you can get on Amazon. It'll be at your house the next day. Companies like GameStop really became less relevant. Fundamentally less relevant. I look at the fundamentals of a company. So I hate it watching that stock go up because people thought there's a lot of shorts. Shorts have already sold the company. Shorts want to sell high and buy low. You, the average person, wants to buy low and sell high. I own a company like Apple because I bought low and they pay a dividend. I like the revenue. I like the cash flow. I like the research and development that they do on new technologies. There's a lot of reasons to like it, but I buy low wanting to own the company and I want to sell high later when I retire. Uh, there's something to be said for that. Buy low, sell high. When you short a stock, it's the exact opposite. And that's what GameStop has a lot of shorts. They know you can take a look at public filings and you could go, well, there's gonna be a lot of buyers at some point in time. So if you could throw some rumors out, like GameStop is turning water into gold. People are like, wow, I invested invest in that water into gold. GameStop can turn paper into gold. But the store itself doesn't make any sense. The nice thing about the store is it's a small footprint. But then you look across the street and you see Best Buy that says this huge footprint. Um, so if you want a TV or a washer dryer or a bicycle, you go to Best Buy. If you just want a video game, you go to Sony or, or Microsoft and download it. That's the thought, right? So I don't like those companies that I can't fundamentally put to it. I, I wouldn't mind shorting a stock. I'm not against it. I don't do it. I wouldn't mind being speculative. I'm not against it. I don't do it. But I want some fundamentals there too. Every time I've invested in a company, not every time, many times when I've invested in a company that doesn't have fundamentals, it ends badly. Um, and the best thing I could do is tell you the quick story again of cryomedical sciences. It's a company that freezed cancer in the 1990s. So it's pretty easy to see when a man has prostate cancers. You take a picture down there, you could go, oh, look at those abnormal cells. And doctors can now do surgery on the abnormal cells with cryomedical science. They could freeze them and they basically die off and you cut them out. Problem was, it was a great technology. It just wasn't used twice because it was difficult to use, and doctors don't want to get sued. So the fundamentals weren't there. Generation Z and millennials are feeling optimistic about their finances. I don't get that. Whenever I see a survey like that, older generations not too confident, younger generations pretty confident. I have recently, and I'm going to report on this probably next week. I have started seeing some TikToks that are really, really, really good at financial education. And I saw yesterday that a 15th state in the United States has said, we're gonna introduce financial literacy into high schools. I'm a little bit worried about that because Bob, the high school teacher, who used to be a PE teacher and taught kids how to wrestle and always had a good looking girlfriend, that suddenly Bob is gonna be the guy giving kids investment advice or financial advice and how investing is a great way to save long-term kids. Stop picking on Jimmy. Like, I, I don't know if I want, but again, I'm not going to knock high school teachers. I had some great high school teachers. I was just initially thinking um, whenever we had delicate subjects like sex ed, I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that teacher teaching this. Same thing was going to go with finances in my mind. I'm happy to see it though. But millennials are optimistic in Generation Z. I've kind of lumped them in together for the show and called them zillennials. Basically, it's people under the age of 35, 36, 37. Maybe 18 to 37 is my thought. They have discretionary money. They've graduated college into a lot of college debt. They've graduated college into two recessions on the stock market. Um, Big corrections, big pullbacks. They've seen a lot of bad. And they grew up seeing their parents lose their homes. So why are they optimistic? I don't get that one. I prefer to look at things pessimistically and expect the worst, be content with it, and uh, usually things turn out way better, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Spirit Airlines is postponing a shareholder vote on rival buyout offers from Frontier Airlines and JetBlue because they keep sweetening their proposals. It's good to be the bride when two men are fighting for the same lady. (laughs) Is it? In this case, we're talking mergers and acquisitions, which is kind of what happens when you get married, right? It's a merger, financial merger. It's a love merger. It's a friendship merger. It's uh, you're putting two households under one roof. Best thing about being in love is it can cut two rents into one rent, (laughs) which I know you're saying you're so romantic. But Spirit Airlines, which I don't think anyone's ever flown on Spirit and said, ah, that was a great experience. It's budget. It is what it is. Um, If I have no issue on where I'm going, i.e. it's not a wedding. It's not a vacation. It's not a business trip. If I just need to get there for a weekend, I'm fine taking Spirit Airlines. If I need to make sure I'm on time, not going to take Spirit. But people want Spirit because they can create a little bit more volume, volume, volume. JetBlue is considered a better operator than Frontier. So if I was a Spirit, Spirit Airlines shareholder or employee, I'd be like, "Hey, wait, 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 wait! What does JetBlue have to say right now?" They both want us. Let's use the Frontier deal to counter the JetBlue deal. If we really don't want Jeb, if we don't really want you know Frontier, let's go with JetBlue. And it's fun to watch from a distance. It also shows me that some people still care about this business in our society, and that's a good thing when you hear talks of recession, talks of inflation, talks of a market that's pulled back. Keep in mind, the S&P 5, the NASDAQ is still higher than it was you know, 14 months ago. We're, we're too caught up in this pullback. We're too freaked out by it because we haven't had one bad year after 10 good years. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, some interesting notes out there. I, I I hit this quickly, but I want to hit it one more time. That packaging is getting smaller right now. It is an inflation symptom. It is something that I'm seeing so instead of lowering prices, we're lowering the amount of volume. It's called shrinkflation. And you can look at yogurts that were four five 5.3 ounces are now 4.5 ounces. You can look at tissues that were 65 in a box and are 60 in a box. I know you're saying, you count tissues in a box. <laughs> Strangely, I do. Um, yeah, Amazon's got something whenever you buy something that's food-oriented. It basically breaks it down to price per ounce. And I'm willing, I'm willing to wait an extra two weeks to get cheaper. If it's the same exact thing, the price per ounce is kind of a differentiated point for me. Uh, Pepsi has something called party-sized Fritos. The party's getting a little bit smaller, going from 18 ounces to 15.5 ounces. Do you see what's happening? Um, same packaging on the outside, just less on the inside. One of the interesting things that um, I learned 20 years ago in this industry was how dominant companies like uh, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, Unilever are in grocery stores. When push comes to shove, a grocery store is getting a lot of, of trucking and goods, but it's typically from eight different companies. I'd say ninety-six percent of the groceries that I see out there are from eight different companies. So that's why you invest in them. It's not a monopoly. It's not a duopoly. But when you start seeing like all of our food spending is divided between eight companies, you kind of get it. Oh, where did I go with this one? Every now and then I see a story that I just don't even go into. State Street is planning to take care of Credit Suisse. The Swiss bank's shares jumped after the report. Credit Suisse uh, is kind of a reversal of fortune stories after a lot of warnings. Right now, it looks to me like this deal is unlikely. But again, I like to see mergers and acquisitions. It shows me company A is looking at company B and go, oh, boy, you look good. Uh, You want to go to a movie this weekend? It shows me there's some value that these big companies with big dollars are looking at each other. Coinbase pulled back a number of job offers. Uh, there was an, a journal essay in the Wall Street Journal where he had, they interviewed, a in, their, in the essay, there was an interview of a person who was offered a job and then it was taken back. Crypto isn't going off as well as it should be. If Coinbase is having to say no to hiring, they're having to say, we don't have the accounts that need to be serviced, so we don't need to hire. When Coinbase is hiring, crypto goes higher, I bet. We will see a correlation in the long term. When Coinbase is saying, we don't need to hire, it's telling you, this isn't very speculative right now. The NFL's Denver Broncos have agreed to sell the team to Bob. Can I call him Bob or Rob Walton? This is fascinating to me because this turned into a conversation with my son that I didn't expect to have yesterday. So we're in the car, and I try to give him, like, i try to talk about the natives. He's like, oh, he's playing for the, oh, like, uh, San Francisco Giants just demoted their catcher, Joey Bart. My kids knew Buster Posey. He was there when they were born. He was there their whole life. Now he's gone. They know who the new guy is and they don't like him. So he gets demoted to the minor leagues. So I always try to drop some news on my kid. And one of the things I did yesterday was like, yeah, the Broncos got sold uh, $4.6 billion. I'm like, that's a lot of money. And my kid goes to me, uh, who bought him? <laughs> like, that's a good question. And I was like, well, it's the the people who own Walmart. and." In the past, I used to be funny and say things like, uh, if you ever catch me in a uh, radio shack, I'll give you $10,000. If you ever catch me in a Walmart, I'll give you a hundred. The only time I've ever been in a Walmart, which is really, really shocking is in Hawaii. When you go for a week or two week vacation, you're like, let's stock up on some goods for this really expensive condo we're renting. And it just it just doesn't cross my path. It's not that I'm a snob. It's just It's not where I live. I would have to drive miles and miles and miles and miles out of my way to find a Walmart. So the Denver Broncos were bought by one of the Walmart kids. And one of the kids' kids and the trust and all that money that was created in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, where Walmart beat the snot out of Kmart in going global retail, US retail across coast to coast, is now buying a football team. $4.6 billion. And when you take a look at some of the franchises that like um, are recently put up for sale, like the Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers, you're like, wait, wait, those were, is there only an M after that? It was bought for millions, and now all these franchises are going for billions? Yep. So my kid goes, wait, wait. So some kids at the Walmart, their daddy made a lot of money and passed it on to them. They're using that money to buy a football team. And my kid goes, why doesn't Elon Musk buy a football team instead of Twitter? I'm like, well, that's a good question. Because it seems like a no-brainer. I'm like, uh-oh, my kid might be smarter than me. But it does bring up the question, why doesn't Apple, Amazon, and uh, even companies like Twitter buy a, a friend? like? When you have valuations that are worth 100 billion, 200 billion, 300 billion, why doesn't Netflix buy a franchise like the New York Yankees? Maybe they're not for sale. Okay, I get it. But it seems like not a lot of money to these companies that are worth sometimes trillions of dollars. Throwing that out there for you, I think that's kind of cool um, that my kid brought that up in a question. Ethereum gets closer to merge. That may boost its value. Ethereum costs a lot of energy to make, and they're trying to change their their protection schemes to use less energy. That's the easiest way for me to say it. Ethereum is the most intriguing digital currency to me because it's got smart contracts built in. I like smart contracts. If there comes a day and age where Salem doesn't want to pay me minimum wage to a radio show, I will gladly go on and sell it for a dollar. But no, 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 I'm not going to sell it for a dollar. I'm only going to do a podcast that only a thousand people get ever. I'm going to limit the supply of it and it'll charge $10. And if you want to sell it to someone else, I'm going to get a cut of that 10% when you sell it, but you can sell it for, if you want, for $11. I'm going to build a smart contract. That's the idea of smart contract. The better way of thinking about smart contracts If you buy an album from an artist, they'll say things like, if you spend $100 and get the first release of the new U2 album, you also get a free ticket to a concert anywhere in the nation. So not only do you get the music that you get to keep, but now you get a free ticket to a concert. And if you don't want to use that free ticket, you could sell it to someone else and the music. But U2 gets another cut. I like smart contracts. I like where that's going for artists and authors. I like where it's going for creators of content. For the record, I never plan to charge for a podcast. I am just honored that we're talking. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Ethereum is interesting right now. But have I invested in it? No. Don't need to. But it is interesting. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. 2022 is not going to be one of those years that you go, wow, did I have a good time investing? 2022 is going to be one of those years that in 10, 15 years, you're going to tell your kids, I learned a lot about inflation. And I'm not, uh, I don't want to say I'm I'm not a point, finger pointer. I'm not going, it's all Biden's fault or it's all Trump's fault. It's just, it is what it is. Let's move forward. Um, I don't think Biden or Trump had much to actually do with Russia invading Ukraine and sending oil from $60 a barrel to $120 a barrel. In a world economy that has benefited greatly from fossil fuels, and we still will, can't build a hospital without a lot of oil. Can't fly across the country without a lot of oil. We've benefited greatly, and we're seeing inflation in oil, and we're like, oh, this is horrible. But to be honest with you, a nice hospital is a nice hospital. A nice flight across the country is a nice flight across the country. It's a commodity that we have used, maybe abused, but it's been very, very good for society along the way. The demand for cruise vacations may be weakening as high levels of inflation, the ongoing pandemic. Okay, okay, let's talk about this for a second, because I think this is where of note. now. I know more people have been infected personally with COVID in the last two months than in the previous two years. Keep in mind, I'm saying personally, I know. And it stinks. So uh, I've seen one person recently get it up and going again two days later. Then I've also seen a person get it and down can't move for three days. What do they both have in common? Pretty darn healthy and pretty much so avoided getting it before. So if I'm a young person or if I'm an older person, if I'm a tall person, a short person, if I'm white, black, whatever color I am, I'm going to think twice before you got going to go to a cruise line. Because there's a lot of you on a cruise line. I don't like cruise lines. I'll say this. First person that sees me on a cruise, I will give $10 million to. Because I'm not a cruise guy, but apparently a lot of other people aren't cruise guys right now as well. Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Carnival are all saying capacity-weighted sequential ticket pricing declines from ultimately from May to June. They have to lower prices to stimulate demand. Just like Target said, we're going to have to lower prices to stimulate demand for goods that people don't want. If I go into a store and I see a hoodie for $60, I'm like, that better be a Kanye hoodie. It's not a Kanye hoodie. I don't want it for 60 bucks. I want a hoodie for 10 to 20. So if it's 20 to 30, Target needs to cut it to 10 to 20 to get my attention. So they stimulate demand by dropping fares. Same thing's going on with the cruise line industry right now. So if I'm a betting man, I would say that the rebound is dicey and the reopening trade after COVID is dicier than we all know. As some people still don't want to do it, I was talking to with a financial planner last. I was talking with two financial planners about EP Wealth, and we were going to go to an event and kind of you know get together a robble. One of them was like, "I'm just not ready to travel yet." I'm like, "Really? We're reopening. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to the New York City. I haven't gotten it. I'm, I've been careful. I, I you know got my vaccinations. I'm superhuman, right?" guess still not ready. And I know a guy who was going to go to the airport and just got COVID. So I think the reopening right now is a little diced than some of us are assuming. Because right now we're blaming inflation on oil in Russia and we're blaming COVID in China on the supply chain. But there's also a little bit hesitancy in the back of our minds of like, some of us don't really want to get on a football sized boat, a football field. 10 football fields with just a massive city on water. No, thank you. It's too many people, too little space, right? So the cruise lines are saying things aren't great. Gas prices are starting to have sea uh, demand destruction. Yesterday, I talked about a lot about how the refiners are really the high cost of gasoline right now and not necessarily the oil companies. So the crack spreads and the ability to get the oil out of the ground and get it delivered through a pipeline and then get it refined and then delivered again through a pipeline to you. It's that's where the, the, the choke is. Anyhow, and anyway, let's move forward. Um, Beyond Meat is partnering with restaurant chain. Uh I kind of like saying the name, it's called Slutty Vegan. <laughs> I don't know who named it slutty vegan. But if you've ever had a partner who was uh, a meat eater and then they go vegan, you're like, oh, you're a slutty vegan. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds funny, right? So Beyond Meat two years ago was a story millennials, millennials. They don't want to eat anything with a face. Those darn uh, avocado toast loving kids. And we saw people like Kim Kardashian and, you know, start. Becoming known for her chief taste consultant. And you're like, Kim Kardashian, no, I, now I get the slutty vegan reference. Like, we're just trying to be commercial, we're just trying to market and we're doing it any way we can. Um, so, Beyond Meat was a big story before, but Beyond Meat needs two things they need the consumer going to the grocery store, not being price sensitive. And they need restaurants open selling new menu items to the millennials who want to go out and eat and have an experience versus staying in. They need both those things to happen. Now, when I go to the store and I got Beyond Meat hamburger a couple times, I made spaghetti sauce, red sauce with it. And you can't really tell the difference if you hide it in tomato. But it was $9.99 a pound versus $6.99 for you know, 85% lean. Yeah, I'm going to vote with my pocketbook more often than not. Hey, thanks for being patient this week. I promise better shows to come. I promise I'm putting effort into this. Thanks very much. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need to referral to a Financial Planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com